us everything you want to be. Yin Yang, share with us all of your dreams. Yin and Yang, gotta learn how to fight. Be yourself in this life. And welcome back. This is uh, the Yin and Yang, the podcast uh, episode. Let's see. One, uh, t- uh, Dan, you, you got it. Okay. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. We're episode 12. Yes, episode 12. Uh, Gordon is joining us just for the little bit. He has to head out to watch a very controversial movie halfway into our podcast called, uh, what are you watching, Gordon? Uh, it's Ghost in the Shell. How dare you, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, you can, hey Mike, you can cuss on this. Oh, we also have Mike here. Oh. Um, uh, Dan's gonna introduce Hi. him. We're gonna introduce him in a second, but first, I wanna, I really wanted to talk to Gordon about why he's watching that movie. Gordon, oh, okay, Gordon, um, why are you watching Ghost in the Shell? Well, I mean, How dare you? You got a lot of justifying to do, mister. <laughs> um, I talked a lot today to my coworker, Robert. Uh, at work, and he's he's Japanese, and he's actually going with me tonight. Um, and we were, we were talking a lot about it, and his his opinion is, oh, it's not it's not th- like the mainstream one, which is very controversial right now. It's you know it's just you know boycott it, don't watch it, um, the whole whitewashing uh, phenomenon. Uh, but what what his his view of it is well a number one he's a big fan of the anime so that's a big reason he wants to go two is he's read a lot of um from the director himself who uh from the director of the original ghost in the shell and he's said that he's completely fine with it he really likes it and a lot of other japanese are also very excited to see it from japan in japan um and another point he brought up, which I actually hadn't thought of, is that um, the major is a robot. Like, it's not actually, uh, and maybe it is Japanese, maybe it's not, I don't know. But, you know, the her ghost inside is Japanese. And in the actual movie, um, they actually conversate back and forth in two different languages um, with, like, a little thing in the air to translate. And I think the major is speaking Japanese. Oh, to her ghost. So the ghost inside her, the the consciousness inside her is Japanese, but she's Scarlett Johansson's body. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I believe that's that's what he said. And also, he brought up another thing: is that, um, you know, this. I mean, with uh, literally, uh, we're going tonight. I went on Fandango or whatever it's called, the website, and there were three other seats taken. It's opening night. And is only three seats taken right now. Wow! In the whole theater, I mean, plus my two, but so five, and it's a pretty big theater. Uh, so that just kind of shows you, like, you know, the movement, the power of the movement right now. But if there is somehow, I don't think it's going to do too well because of um, everyone boycotting it. But if somehow they choose to do a sequel, uh, he brought up the point that they could always bring back her into a different body. Because 
that's usually that's not really what happened in a lot of the anime you know series sometimes it, ha- they it happened in the movie a little bit uh spoiler uh, but in the movies she yeah. did come back with different bodies in one movie she didn't even have a body the whole time she was with the boys uh and yeah just just for our listeners before we give you a spoiler i'm gonna say spoiler so cover your ears if you hear spoiler if you don't want to hear the spoiler but that's true. In the movies, I remember she came back in like a little girl's body and like just random bodies. And it's like, it's playing up that idea of that how her consciousness can just move from body to body. And the important thing is that it's the ghost that's important. It's not necessarily the shell, right? Yeah, exactly. Ghost in the shell. Um, now, what I want to talk about real quick is, uh, okay... I'm just, you know, Gordon. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. To be honest, I'm curious about the film too, and um, I mean, if you push me more, I may watch it with you. I don't know, uh, but I just, I think, I don't know. I might just be angry throughout the whole movie. Like I'm watching this, is like, damn it, what the fuck, you know? Like, why isn't this? Why isn't she aged? You know, like it's just something that'll be in my the backtrack of my mind. However, mm-hmm. you know, you do make some interesting points. I did hear in a review, it's just. It's not that great, though, but again... I mean, it's an action movie. Of course, the plot's probably going to be, you know, eh. But I'm I'm a big fan of Bato, who's um, kind of... He he plays the the I don't know at least in the major maybe in this one because it's Hollywood. That's the guy with the little beady eyes. Probably gonna have some kind of love interest. It's the guy. It's the guy with blonde hair and beady eyes, right? Yeah, like the the goggle eyes. Yes, yeah, he has prosthetic eyes. Yeah. Um, he actually he's. I guess the major is his love interest, and love and the major usually doesn't have a love interest in the anime, which I always think that's good. I hope they keep that because we talked last week about was it the the, the Great Wall? Yeah, and uh, they probably did have that, but then they took it out because of the cliche and the you know what? Um, oh, they, or... they took out the love interest in that movie. Or the I could tell that it was like in there before, and then they probably took it out because like this is just too cheesy. Yeah, too. but Gordon, come on. It, it's it's also a, it's also a trope to have a white guy with an Asian girl or with a, uh, that's, well, yeah. that's a trope as well. So yeah, yeah. Thank God, or else I wouldn't be here. <laughs> 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 All right, so Dan, we we gotta uh, we gotta introduce Mike. So um, give us some give our listeners some context who this other voice is. Yeah. So Mike is a he's also a Chole martial artist, and that's how we know each other. He studied at a federation school, a Plum Blossom Federation school, and he found my name through the website, and we were training together for a couple years. But in in his uh, in his other uh, life outside martial arts, he's a writer, and he's pursuing um, TV. He's trying to write some TV spec scripts, and at one point or another, he was a, a stand-up comedian. I don't know if he's still doing stand-up, but no, not very much. No, no. Nah, nah, nah. Not really. He is a big fan of Scarjo, though. Oh, okay. yes. Mike, yeah. you single? Uh, yeah. Okay. We, Scarjo's we... single too, I hear. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, so Mike and I will will do the single men talk, and you guys can do the uh, married slash I got a girlfriend talk. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. So, Mike, um, how you spell? Okay, Mike Newman. Okay. So, uh, did you go to school for writing, or? Uh, well, I went to UC Berkeley, and I did end up with a dramatic arts major, but I never did uh, had like a 
a degree in writing or English or any of that. Um, just uh, it started off with my uh, writing partner and I. We were both, you know, it, we 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 came down to LA around the uh, you know early two thousands when youtube and like the idea of like oh i can just make my own thing i don't have to wait wait for someone to cast me in something you can just write your own little sketches and put them on the internet so we uh we started doing that as a little experiment and then we started getting more and more into it and then we decided we wanted to try to um write a screenplay so we bought some books read up on it and then took a crack at it and now we've just been sort of uh you know writing whatever it is that the uh whatever it is that writing agents want nowadays nowadays it's original pilots so we're working on that so very nice um yeah have you had anything are you are you represented right now or do you have an agent or no or do you have uh, a, do you have, have a lit a, manager or we have a lit manager but uh we're sort of working on we we had a script that uh got us some meetings a couple of years back or actually last year was it last year yeah maybe two years back and uh you know it's one of those things where they're just sort of wanting us to come up with some other another th thing so that it's clear that we're not a fluke so we're working on that right now so. cool i mean what uh what kind of stuff do you personally like to write or have you written in the past that got you some attention uh we my writing partner and i generally do sort of like idiot comedy um <laughs> so uh that that's sort of our specialty we don't really i mean we we, we can write we we've written stuff that's a little bit more dramatic than than normal, but we we tend to go for uh, um, you know we are. Uh, I guess we would say that uh, we write in sort of the style of like you know, hangover type movies or um, old school that kind of vein. So yeah. okay, so, write... real mature stuff. <laughs> are you trying to write features or are you trying to write TVs? TV film pilots. Uh, right now, right now we're doing uh, so. Like as as we've been trying to get work, the the thing that they want has changed constantly. When we first started writing, everyone wanted spec scripts for a TV show that was currently on the air. Then it became everyone wants a screenplay, and now it's everyone wants an original pilot. So mm. yeah, so that's we just we just write whatever it is all of our writer friends tell us that you know agents and managers are looking for nowadays and that seems to be it so oh interesting so you're you're catering yeah. your writing towards i guess what's selling right now yeah and we're not even because that's things like most of the stuff is even like what's selling it's more like what uh well i mean i guess it is a little bit more like what's selling but it's 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 also like what are the managers and agents looking for to prove what what, what sample are they looking for to prove that you can write and right now it seems to be original pilots, huh. which I guess, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I can sort of see why it, it, it went that way, but originally they wanted people to write spec scripts because they wanted to show, they wanted to see that you could write for pre-established characters. Um, and then nowadays, I guess they're thinking, you know, it's all about what's the hot new thing. So they want people that they feel like they can generate lots of new ideas for shows and hoping that one of them will stick to the wall so not the great wall right but the the wall okay. no 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 yeah oh god no. <laughs> yeah we we we're gonna steer clear of that yeah so um, so mike wait your mike your last name's newman n-e-w-m-a-n m-a-n so you're like a new man got it okay exactly literally um, uh, 
so it's, I, I'm, I'm going to write on our, our Facebook page, Real Code Talking, with Mike Newman. Ask us if you have any questions. Talking with Mike. Okay, cool. Um, just just briefly, Let okay, so some of our listeners are maybe trying to get into the industry or interested about filmmaking or screenwriting. Uh, Gordon is a filmmaker himself. He's mostly focused on the editing side, and, but he has experience. But you, you have experience also. Do you have experience writing, Gordon, or not really? Uh, yes, I do. I really don't like it. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I wrote that actually turned out pretty decent was a, like a really bad comedy, and for some reason it's gotten better with age. More and more people like it. Cool. cool. But you know, honestly, I I hate it. I would never ever do it. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, the things you probably hate about are things that I think writers hate about it too. Uh, uh. So, Mike, just to give you some context i'm also i'm doing my screenwriting masters right now and uh cool yeah so i'm working on my thesis which is a feature and um i also i intern at a development company right now so i'm kind of getting my feet wet and i'm i i've worked in production before as a producer uh but i don't know i like the creative side a little bit more like the writing like because you're kind of like you're making stuff um yeah I mean, what what attracted you to writing? I guess so. First off, let's get a little bit about your background. So you grew up in. So yeah, tell us a little about yourself. You grew up in the Bay Area, Berkeley first. Yeah, or? I grew up in uh, I grew up in like the Berkeley area. I went to UC Berkeley. Uh, moved down here about two thousand two. Um, I, I I wanted to do improv classes, so I came down here originally to take classes at the Groundlings. Oh, Groundlings. Um, okay, cool. I did uh, UCB. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think I might want to get back into that, so I might go to UCB because I've been wanting to do some improv for a while, and and I just you know it's one of those things where you take a class, but you got to kind of commit to that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like working time. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but I used to you know I used to audition, and I think that the reason that writing appealed to to me and my writing partner was again like that, like I said, that whole you can just make your own stuff and shoot it thing, and then also the other great thing about writing that I found out after you know we first started getting into like longer scripts was like, I, I was, a t I'm terrible at auditioning. I get very nervous and I get very stiff, but I was like, you know what the great thing about writing is if you did a, if you wrote a really great script, yeah, it does well on its own. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the script does not get into the room and get nervous and then fuck everything up and barf on everyone. <laughs> and then everyone's like, ah, oh, shit, what, why do we bring that guy in? Right. The right, script, right. If it's good, it's good. And, and it, and it shows its goodness inherently. Like you don't, need to rely on the perfect i mean i guess you could sort of say you need to rely on the reader being in the right mood but at the same time like it it, it does not change in in the room so that's why i liked the idea of writing so much in berkeley when you say dramatic arts so you started with theater i'm guessing or what actually originally i started off as a chemical engineering major and then, that sounds um, so interesting <laughs> yeah and then i i, I was like oh, i'm not doing my homework my grades are doing pretty poor, so uh, let's uh, maybe let's switch to something else that I will. Be I mean, you could, for, so. but you could be like a consultant on like a Breaking Bad show, though. That'd be cool, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually getting back into it because uh, on the side, I, I also teach. Um, so right now, I've been brushing up on my chemistry so that I can teach chemistry to high school students <laughs> as a tutor. So um, that sounds so like a story I'm, right I'm there. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm getting back into that, but I I don't think I'm good enough to to make meth in my basement yet. But I'm working on it. Working on it. <laughs> you heard so. it first. 
Okay. Yeah. Please, please yeah. don't, please don't come by. Yeah. In, in about a year, come looking for me, and I'll probably be able to hook you up, but not right now. So. Make it red. That's a <laughs> yeah. The red meth, we'll call it, so it rhymes with red death. Right. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Gordon, wait, Gordon, do you have to go watch Scarlett Johansson now, or what's up? Oh no, it's at midnight. I'm uh, waiting for Lena to come over, and even when she does come over, I'm probably not going to stop. But I okay. will stop at eleven. Give let us know, okay, and also let us know how the movie is. Um, so yeah, just send us a text. Yeah, send us. A, <laughs> so um, just a little bit of background. Uh, and let me know if I'm getting this right or wrong. Okay, so uh, screen. Okay, for screenwriting. So some of the terms that we just threw out, just to define them. Okay, pilots are original pilots are TV episodes that could possibly made be made into a series that are written to uh, basically showcase the writer's talent and ability to tell a story and also maybe that pilot the pilot is the first episode of a tv show and when you say original pilot that would be original pilot for that you created yourself as a writer Um, now sometimes people do spec scripts where they write in the voice of a certain show that exists but as Mike was saying, um, yeah, original pilots right now are seem to be the hot thing to do. Am I am I correct in saying that, Mike? Yeah. Yes. That yeah. that as last I've heard, that's the right the the thing they're all looking for. Because it seems like two thirds or more of writers in the in the industry in L.A. are writing for TV mostly. Yeah. From, yeah. And then um, when we talk about uh, when we talk about lit managers, lit managers are. Basically, a manager that helps, basically helps the writer grow. They're kind of like a creative collaborator, and also they hopefully they have connections that can maybe connect you with certain agents. Agents are people that actually can seal the sale. They can actually like they can write the contract in which you can sell a script and you know the how much payment stuff like that. Mike, am I correct? Yeah, that's that's basically. I mean, uh. The, the the manager is sort of the, the lines are getting a little bit blurrier nowadays managers can sometimes uh man, you know just uh negotiate contracts for you and also um uh just you know distribute the money and, and the, it, it gets it gets a little bit murky i mean for the most part yeah basically the manager is supposed to sort of like foster you in other ways other than than getting like they're they're supposed to hook you up with agents. They're supposed to sort of like promote you, and the agent's supposed to be the guy that gets you work. But like I said, a lot of times these companies sort of dip their fingers in everything. Like you might you might be a man belong to a, a management company that also has agents, and you know so like it, it gets really confusing. Right, um, but I guess the but, general yeah. the general thing that I've heard from my one of my professors was that you kind of want to get a manager first to help you know. Well, first of all, you have to be writing. You have yeah. to ha- you have to have good scripts. You have to have like something in your back pocket in case they don't like your first, you know, screenplay that yeah. you show them. Yeah. So pilot, um, like a portfolio, I guess, a, a original pilots, a couple of them, like maybe a half hour, half hour or one hour comedy, a uh, half hour comedy or one hour drama, maybe, and yeah. uh, and possibly a feature if you have a feature, and yeah. um, from there. Uh, if you have that, if you do have a portfolio, then you might want you want to get represented by a manager. A manager is yeah, like like Mike said, is helps uh, you know grow your career. Uh, they and build your connect your network, 
and then the agent is basically the salesperson. I'm a, is basically the person that's sending it to these development companies, which I I'm a internet, and hopefully getting them to the these development executives or the their uh, interns to read and then pass up up the chain of development and hopefully get produced eventually. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a very basic screenwriting one hundred and one industry stuff. Gordon. Uh, uh, are yeah. you familiar with that workflow at all, or not really, or with the writing workflow? Yeah, like with the the steps to getting getting it produced. Have you like is that new? Is that news to you, or you've heard this before? I, I've heard it before. I mean, it's the same kind of thing for an actual pilot, like you know, pickup. Like, okay, so we have the script, and then you know, go get, you go get the actors, and you go get the production company, and whatnot. Uh, my roommate is a talent agent's assistant, so I hear about this a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think now, Mike, were you were you were you able to get jobs as an actor prior to writing, or was it tough for you? Uh, I got a you know a couple of jobs here and there, but I never really you know worked that much as an actor. I mostly did like you know small improv stuff um uh, i mean I, I got like a couple of small parts but they weren't like anything to to build a career on you know i'm saying you know it's gonna be like oh i remember you you were that you know that guy in that one episode of still standing who <laughs> was a high school basketball player like no one's gonna remember that and be like we want that guy again um but i did you know i did i thought i did fairly well in the improv uh but uh, that you know that's that doesn't get you, uh, or at least for me, it didn't get me very far because uh, I, I pretty much put all my eggs in one basket and and didn't really uh, uh, have a backup plan for if that uh, didn't succeed. So, yeah. For for you mean improv and acting, you put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, I pretty much put all my eggs eggs in like the improv basket, and I sort of sort of. Um, should have had like you know like i said a backup plan or some other um outlet i mean eventually i did some stand-up but again i didn't end up pursuing the stand-up too too far i i it's one of those things where like i had like flashes of success but i never like pursued it which uh you know is no one's fault but mine so mm. um yeah i mean um yeah. and you're in your may i ask may i ask your age are you in your 30s or i'm actually 40 okay exactly yeah. Can you pass as so. can you pass as younger, older, or? Uh, I think so. I mean, a lot of people always assume that I'm in my twenties. Okay. Um, can you pass so. as white, or do you pass as Asian, or no? People are confused. I don't know. I mean, it depends on who you ask. There's some people that think uh, that there are some people that immediately are like, "Oh yeah, that guy's mixed," and there's other people that think that I read as white, and then. There are also sometimes where people are like, "Oh, I thought you were like Hispanic or something." I place it. So it's it's, it, I get a, like a wide range of reactions. It's never, I always feel like I read wider than I do just because of the way I talk, and carry myself. But you know, I I don't know what it, it always surprises me when some people are like. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, of course, other half Asians, we we can spot each other from a mile away. Like, yes, <laughs> you I guys have you. a secret like um, message, like a message, like a hand signal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, <laughs> we it just it's a bit of a, a little head nod. It's like, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know what uh, Christmases were weird at your house, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. 
yeah, but uh, I, I, I don't think about it too often, but, you know, every now and then I'm forced to. So. Now, now um, so do we, Dan, I forget, do we go over his mixed heritage uh, on recording? Uh, just, like, so, Mike, what what's your background, like, your mixed heritage, I guess? Uh, my mom uh, was Vietnamese and my dad is Caucasian, so um, German, English, Irish. So. Okay. Cool. You know, if you were to go back into acting, uh, you might have more more chance now because ethnically ambiguous is a very good thing to be. Yeah, I do feel like I mean, even back when I was auditioning, there was a lot of the. I definitely got some opportunities simply because I was mixed because they were like, "Oh, we can cast him, and he's technically Asian, so it's like we're we're you know being ethnically diverse here." but he reads Caucasian. So like it, there were definitely a lot of auditions that I got just because they were like, oh, we can cut. Now, I don't want to say game the system because it make, makes it sound much more nefarious than it was, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, sound, it satisfied both <laughs> uh, both sides, so to speak. I, I'm going to, dude, I don't know. That sounds kind of nefarious a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, but it, but it's not like mwahaha, dry rubbing your hands, I'm going to take over the world, nefarious. It's just sort of like, well, you know, we can claim that we're being diverse when really we're just... I mean, have you guys yeah. seen Big Hero 6? Yes. Yeah. So, like, the, those characters are, are biracial, and they actually casted, um, mul you know, multiracial voice actors. Daniel, uh, Daniel Henney and... Um, uh, the other guy's name something carter but um yeah and i thought that was cool you know and i think we yeah. do because i mean that's just that's a growing trend i mean more and more more and more people our generation and going forward in america are going to be multiracial children right or yeah you know, so i mean it's just the future it's the <laughs> now i mean in our last podcast um, we did talk about this a little bit. So now that we have a a hapa, <laughs> do you, do you, is the is the term hapa is that politically correct or or what is or whatever? Or... I've never been offended by it. I'm sure at some point someone on the internet will get mad about it, but yeah. I'm not mad, so I don't care. So we did um, talk about hapas, and then um, did you now as far as um, so Gordon's also in an interracial relationship. His girlfriend's uh, Southeast Asian. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right on, brother. So. <laughs> Uh, as far as, um, like, did you, did you ever get a sense that that played a factor in your parents' relationship? Like, that's why they got together? Like, there was a sort of a fetish thing, or is it more not necessarily that case? No, I don't think it was really a fetish thing. I mean, I'm, I mean, uh, you know, not to sound creepy or anything, but my mom was, you know, fairly attractive regardless of her, her ethnicity. So I'm pretty sure my dad didn't have a hard time being like, oh, she's cute. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he, he never really, I mean, I don't really know my dad's dating history intimately because you know, <laughs> he, we don't really talk about it. But uh, as far as I know, I don't think he dated any other Asian women previous to my mom. So, okay. um, yeah. So how about yourself? Yeah. Do you have any personal dating habits that you prefer or you're whatever? Um, I'm the older I get, the more I become whatever, the more I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like when I was younger, um, uh, I definitely, 
was more attracted to uh, Caucasian girls, but now I'm definitely more like, oh, yeah, if she's cute, I don't care. So mm. um, I don't know if that's just something that comes with age or um, I think it, I, I don't think it necessarily. Well, I think it ha- comes with age, but I don't think it's like something that's inherent. I think it's just more like as the older you get, the more you sort of realize you have all these preconceived notions that uh, don't really serve you. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Dan, I, I just want to talk. So, um, so you guys known each other for how long now? Oh, geez. That's a good question. Maybe five years. Yeah, because th- we, we sort of had like two uh, uh, moments because I, I first came to you like almost when I first moved down, like 2004, and then I sort of petered out because I wasn't really, uh, I was a lazy sack of crap, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I came back uh, like a couple of years later and, and then started doing Kung Fu again. So um, I guess technically we met first time probably like 10 years ago, and then like I probably started coming back again about three years ago or something like yeah something like that yeah yeah we, we've known each other for a while but it's just we didn't really practice um consistently together yeah until like three or four years ago hmm. i don't even remember the the first time i, I used to come <laughs> I remember the first time you, you came, uh, you yeah. might have like showed up like once or twice and that was it. And then yeah. I was teaching a, 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 two other girls. And then when he came back, I was teaching no girls. Yeah. <laughs> just all the guys. And I was like, what happened? It went from I, like great ratios to like really bad ratios. Um, yeah. I, I sausage partied it up. Sorry, damn guys. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. At one point I was teaching four different girls. So. That was when you should have practiced with us. <laughs> yeah. You missed out. I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize. I was too short-sighted and young to realize what was happening. What? Yeah. 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 When Gordon it's leaves, funny. we can talk about martial arts like all the way, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Gordon, have you seen Iron Fist? No. And I heard it's bad. So. Oh. Yeah. I just finished it tonight. I watched it in double speed. Otherwise, I can't get through it. And me and Mikey or Mike were talking about the the drunken scene. Have you seen it, James? I watched. I specifically watched the Lewis Tan drunken scene fight. That's it. Yep, <laughs> me too. That's the only like five minutes I've seen of that. And I I, I watched um, maybe thirty minutes of the uh, the opener, and I the the uh, the the pilot the first the first episode. And he does like some Tai Chi in the beginning. I mean, some like Aikido kind of looking stuff that looked okay, I guess. But that's as far as I got. Yeah. So Dan, yeah. what 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 are you gonna talk about? Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about that after Gordon leaves because I I don't know since he didn't watch it, so I don't want to bore him with like details about martial arts. We can talk about Ghost in the Shell, or uh, I did watch Get Out. I'm sure everyone Ooh. on this podcast. I was probably like the last one to watch it. Okay, Mike, yes, I want to yeah, talk I've about Get Out. Mike, have you seen Get Out? I have. Gordon? Yep. Okay, all right. Dan, go ahead, start. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, I liked it, but I thought it was uh, a little overhyped. So I was, my expectations were yeah. so much higher going into it than once I watched it, I was just left a little unsatisfied. 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, why? Why is that? You think it was the plot? Was it the acting? Was it the uh, the storytelling? Like, what, what's going on? No, uh, the acting was good. Uh, the acting was actually really good. I just can't put my finger on it. I don't think there was much of a twist. Uh, I'm sure everyone's like when they first watched it, there was like, oh yeah, spoilers. That girl is like part of the the group. Right. But. You just kind of get that sense of it. I don't know. It just, it was good, but then it also didn't feel like it was complete for some reason. You felt like there was, it had left some loose ends hanging or it didn't surprise you, uh, basically? It's not the loose ends. It was just something about it felt like it was missing. Huh. Yeah. Um, I, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was listening to a podcast and the producer of that show or the pr- producer of that movie is well-known producer to make low budget films, anything $4.5 million and under he'll produce. Right. And he produces like 10 movies a year with the idea that four of them are, are going to fail. And he produced get out. And one of the things that they pointed out was like, you'll see a lot of extras who don't speak because that's another extra $400 or whatever it was. Yeah. Wow. And uh, also, so. I think it was Blumhouse, right? That did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, Blumhouse is yeah. They're well known uh, in the industry. And yeah, my of, friend yeah. and I like looked up all of their the movies they've made, and they basically make like they make all the horror movies that cost like four <laughs> four million or less to make, and then they always make like eighty million. So they're uh, it's a good yeah, investment. I mean, I mean yeah, that's a pretty smart plan. But yeah, it's uh. Jeez, they're just making money hand over fist over there. Yeah, yeah. Gordon, we gotta, we gotta get your input before you leave. Yeah, what what did you think of Get Out? Uh, I also kind of thought, I agree with uh, Dan, it was a little overhyped, but I walked out still very satisfied. Um, I still think, I wasn't like you know, completely blown away. Uh, I think going in, everyone you know, kind of knew from the beginning that this is going to be you know, a crazy white family, so... It was just a build up to like to see how he got you know how he got out, hence the title. Um, okay, as as our, our as our resident white guy, like, were you offended by that oh, movie? No, 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 not really. No, no. okay, no. Uh, cool. M- Mike, as our half white guy, what do you uh, think? Actually, I really enjoyed. it. I mean, I'm not really into horror movies. Not this is necessarily horror. I guess I I, I was like when people are like because I I've told certain people like oh you should go see that movie and they're like oh I don't like horror. I was like well eh, it's not really. Yeah, it's not horror. It's more like a thriller, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I, one or two jump scares. Exactly. Yeah, there's like a couple of jump scares, but they were real minor and they weren't like supernatural or anything. It wasn't one of those like I closed the the medicine cabinet mirror and there's a ghoul behind me. It was you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I, I did. I had zero plans to see this movie because I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks stupid. Um, and then when it got uh, like almost 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I was like, okay, I'll I'll go see a movie that's gotten 100%. Well, it's like it got 99 yeah, yeah, like hours something because of that like one what that one critic. Yeah, but at yeah, the time, yeah. it was at 100%. I was like, okay, you know what? I have like a, a couple of my friends are huge horror fans or whatever it is, and they were like, we're gonna go see it. I was like, all right, fine. I actually will go see this with you, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, I I realized there wasn't a perfect movie, but it was. I don't know. I thought it was pretty well done, and it. I was definitely. I, I decided that a movie is good if if I actually, um, 
get happy when the the good guy kills the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Or, or like, or when the good mm. guy wins. If I'm actually like, yeah, fuck that guy up, then uh, <laughs> then then you've done a pretty good job. Which is, yeah. Wow. You gotta you, you gotta talk. Yeah, there's some violent tendencies. Yeah. Okay. But that's cool. just me all the time. I always <laughs> say that about everybody. Even like, you know, driving in traffic, I'm just like, yeah, fucking kill that guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to okay, say um, one thing really quick. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. I go ahead. Sorry. Really funny. Go ahead. A lot of like, you know, the white dad jokes kind of things that you were saying totally my family would say the same thing because <laughs> like the racist like they're literally just you know just ignorant white people they don't mean any harm they don't really know what they're saying but it's just a kind of like you know little ignorant funny white guy doing his you know semi-racist thing but right. it's not it wasn't, to, like ill-meaning by... but you know i thought it was kind of funny that you know they really were they knew the stereotypes so well that they were able to play it. Right. Because it's kind of like, oh, what's up, my man? Like My, my man, like, yeah. That kind of, my yeah. man. Or there's other things like, wow, you must be really good at jiu-jitsu or like athletics with your body well, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like just, that thing uh, that makes you cringe it's kind of like, yeah. say oh. it and you're like, oh, God, please stop talking, Dad. Yeah. Like, yeah. They did a pretty good job of that. Because I... I for for me, I would get oh uh, you must be are you you must be good at school or hey how's your math you know or um, oh do you do you do you know any kung fu or anything like that and I yeah. do but like you know still it's like can you help me with my homework so yeah can you help you do I was in my one of my class we were talking in ethnic studies or in the Asian American studies today um, one of my classmates shared a story he's like he's uh he's he's in the library he's a Korean dude. Korean from Korea and uh, and this guy he might have been white or whatever he goes up to him with like a stack of papers and says hey can you help me with my homework and the guy was like wait do I who are you (laughs) yeah it's like did someone else Um, tell you I'm smart or do you think that I'm specially equipped to do this do you is it my glasses that give me away or yeah Yeah, that's the thing is that's the hard thing is I have Um, glasses so I can't tell when people ask me to help them with their homework if it's because of that or the Asian thing so yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about Get Out is uh, okay. I think as far as uh, as far as far as the the ethnic um, progressive side of it, I think it's it's a good step in the right direction. It's talking about white supremacy, basically, about how um, you know there's there could be like well-meaning um, people. White folk. Uh, white folk i'm sorry yeah sorry gordon but white folk however they could still be even though they're well-meaning on the surface they could still be very uh you know hurtful towards black people or maybe there's unconscious bias or like maybe like devaluing of 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 black bodies or of black people um so that's why there's like black lives matters movement now did you guys see that asian guy in Get Out. Uh, yes. I gotta take the a Japanese call. I'm gonna go pick up Lena Bell. I'll come right back. Damn I'll you, right Gordon. No, no. You, you're, you, you, I've cut you out of my life now. So, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, So, okay. The Asian Hiroyuki. guy. I don't think Get I saw Out. him. The Here. Japanese guy. What? He actually spoke. Which, he was which, at the... Po- dude, he's a, four, he's a $400 SAG actor if he spoke, yeah. right? So He was at the party and he asked uh, Chris... Is it cool to be a black guy 
in this day and age. What are the advantages? Are there advantages yeah. of being a black uh, in America, a black American? Oh, yeah. I don't really remember that. And part. then that's when, Holy that's when crap. he like turned to Logan King, the other black guy at the party that was dressed like an old white guy, you know, with the bow tie and everything. Uh huh. Lakeith Stanfield. He goes, hey yeah, Logan, yeah. why don't you like an- answer this question? And then that's when he flashed, uh, took the picture with the his camera. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right before that. Let me see if I can remember. Right. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Okay, yes. Dan, what did you think about what, what what was going through your mind when you saw that Asian guy? I was like, why is this Asian guy with a very thick Japanese accent hanging out with a bunch of white people? Exactly. Okay. I wonder if he was also uh, brainwashed. Uh, no, he was. He was. No, he was in the no. market for a. a Oh, oh he's one of the body. guys that wanted to buy his body? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, spoiler. We're going to spoil Get Out moving forward. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Anyways. Right. Yeah. So, Dan, you what, did you think that was racist to have the Asian guy there? Or it fit? It was out of place. I mean, I don't know what the Japanese guy was there for. Um. So, so uh, Jordan... Jordan Peele, um, he wrote, he, in a Q&A, according to uh, Yom Yom F, the website, um, they said, he responded in a Q&A saying that the Japanese man was to represent a wider market for black bodies, being uh, an international market, being that this gentleman was from Japan, so there might have been Japanese buyers or what, or other buyers in different countries that were purchasing, uh, that were in the interested in transporting into a black body. So that's what his thought process was. Now, for me, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Like, cause if anything, it confu- like, like I went through the same thought process as you was like, wait, confusion, right? I was like, what the hell? And then I, I started reading up on it and okay. I, t- I talked to a, one of my black filmmaker friends, a black uh, African American, and when I brought it up on Facebook, he said to me, "James, to be honest, this is how black people think about Asians. A lot of black people think about Asians. He feels that either they they lead, they let the black people alone in the race fight against white supremacy, or yeah, that's what he said. And another way you can take that is that they're complicit. They're complicit in." anti-blackness now i thought about that and i guess you know what that is an interpretation could definitely take because this this asian guy this japanese guy he's 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 a he's holding up the uh the bingo board yeah to buy to buy um black bodies so gordon we're talking about the asian guy and and get out yeah so now dan dan does that does that make sense to you or do you think that's a stretch no, I, I think I think um, Asians who are fobs are probably going to be more complicit. They aren't going to say anything, and they probably have their own little xenophobia or prejudices that they bring over from the old country. But I think Asian Americans might be a little bit different. Um, oh, for sure. It, it's yeah, just yeah. like it, so. Him casting a a Japanese guy with a thick accent probably fits more with the ide- those ideas, and since Jordan Peele wrote that and he and you spoke with your friend who kind of confirmed that idea was that Asian Asians are very complicit in 
any racial prejudices against black people. Now, I think they they did a they did a survey and uh, basically first gen first gen Asians are for the most part they don't they're not as participatory in protests political movements stuff like that so that part may be true uh, I think you're right I think Asian Americans are much and based on the study Asian Americans are much more participatory in like you know Black Lives Matter movement or other other American protests and political movements. Um, uh, Gordon, yeah. what do you think about that Asian guy in Get Out? Wait, um, I thought, I mean, I, I already knew he was going to be there because one of my Filipino friends on Facebook posted about it and he, uh, he totally <laughs> like, agreed. He was like, you know, yeah, there is a lot of inherent racism in the Asian community against blacks, but he said that it's it's due to you know the at least this is what he says it's not it's not my words these are his it's due to like the the desire to like assimilate into the white culture huh yes that's what he said or the pressure to be this or that or i don't know it was it's, these that's aren't mine i mean what did i think of him i thought that um i mean i thought it was possible i thought they could honestly put anyone in there you know, in that place, that you're gonna put a Latino in there. You're gonna put. I mean, actually, that's about it. No, but he specifically chose a Japanese man with a really heavy accent, and like that kind of goes back to um, that stereotype that Asians in America are perpetual foreigners, right? No matter no matter how long they are in the U.S., they're always a foreigner, or they speak with an accent. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really problematic for me. I mean, Mike, did you have anything to add to um, that? Or? Well, I think I remember now. I mean, I remember the scene you're talking about. I think at the time, I, w I didn't know what was going on anyway, so I didn't realize that he was part of this whole auction thing until, like, like you know, until the pieces fell into place later. Um, I think when I saw him, I think I remember just thinking, like, oh, I, I figured his place was to play the role of the token ethnic guy that hangs out in a white yeah. in a white community. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Where they're like, oh, he's, look, we accept other people in our community. See, we have an Asian guy. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not surprised. I just sort of felt like, um, to me, like it was meant to, to signal some sort of um, suburban, sub suburban, like white culture, uh, attempt to to show inclusiveness so i was like oh okay yeah there's an asian guy so it didn't like you know i didn't think like oh he's evil i just thought like well this whole um I, and at the time i it wasn't clear to me that everyone was fucked up i just thought just the family was fucked up so i was like oh, okay well i don't yeah. so it wasn't clear to me that he was being portrayed in some sort of villainous way until much later and by that time i had forgotten i mean clearly i <laughs> you guys brought him up i was like i don't remember that guy so I, I totally forgot he was even yeah. there. Yeah. When, I, when I first saw him, I just figured he was there because he was, like, way rich. I, I figured he was at least, like, double as rich <laughs> as all the white people for them to include him in their group. Oh, interesting. Like, he's the model minority. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like, they're like, well, we don't normally open up the bidding to outside like, oh, he's... You know, white folks, but this guy's got a shit ton of cash, so we're going to let him in. So. <laughs> I, I mean... Uh... And that kind of goes back to one of our last topics uh, Dan and I had on the other podcast. You have to be like 
to be a minority in America, you have to do twice as good to get half as much. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so here, here's my last piece on it. I, I think just seeing that guy was really problematic. Um, one last, I would just say that, okay, I think it's a, maybe an accurate representation of maybe how black people feel about Asians or Asians in America. But I think it's it, it could also lead to maybe some devices, divisiveness between blacks and Asians, which is exactly what white supremacists want. I, because if history has showed us anything, by keeping lower classes or minorities divisive and fighting against each other, that has proven to help maintain the status quo and the rich get richer or the uh, the ones in power get more power. So... I don't know. It's problematic, and I think it's a representation of maybe a reality that exists, but it could also lead to maybe more divisiveness, and that I think that's that's where the conflict lies. Well, I mean, know? I think it, it makes me uh, think of the movie um, Menace to Society. Has has any of you ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, I uh, who's in that? Oh that's, god, uh, I can't remember. Uh, I got Google here. Yeah, so I remember. I, I saw it again. back in high school, and. That was the first mo- the time that I was ever like, oh. I mean, here's the thing. I, I knew that, like, um, I didn't expect there to be some sort of, like, utopia existing between Asians and, and blacks. But at the same time... Okay, it's Alan Hughes. Uh, June Kyoto Lu is in it. Yeah, there's, okay. there's yeah, like, yeah. a huge scene. So I saw this movie in high school, and I was, like, one of five, like, non-black people in the audience. And... In, there's a scene where the the whole crux of the movie is about this like one scene where uh, the two guys go into a Korean liquor store and the 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 store owner is like following them around the store, making them feel like they're gonna steal stuff, and then they get in a heated argument and and the Korean guy like says some sort of like fucked up thing to him. I think he said I feel sorry for your mother, so the guy the guy shoots him. And when the the Korean wow. store owner got shot, no joke everyone in the theater cheered and i was like whoa i did not realize there was this level because <laughs> you know i'm just some you know kid in in uh in berkeley so i didn't you know know that there was like that this is a huge thing in in la apparently and i was like oh wow they really <laughs> that like that guy i mean yes he was fucked up but killing him was was a pretty extreme thing for everyone to cheer about and it was it was the first time where I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, there's there's definitely some tension here between, you know, the African American community what? and and Asians, particularly in L.A." So, and, and, and did that store owner what he do? He just followed them and made like a a, a bad yeah. He basically guess, yeah. you know treated them like they were gonna steal stuff before they stole anything, and then uh, basically uh, yeah, like I said, insulted his mom, and then the guy said, "Yeah." So so. Yeah, so I'm looking at it. So it looks like it's 1993 mm-hmm. it came out. And the L.A. riots was in 1992. Yeah. And uh, for all you who don't know, the L.A. riots was sparked by um, the Rodney King beating when four, I believe it was four white officers, uh, beat a unarmed black man close to death, um, uh, on Rodney, Mr. Rodney King. Um, you know, and he was... He was defenseless, and there's video of him being beat. And after that video, uh, after the officers were acquitted by the court, and were not were given no jail time, uh, basically after that in 1992, it's uh, I believe it was April 29th, 
1992, um, the a lot of uh, blacks and then afterwards the Latinos went out and destroyed stores. And what happened was the, the places that were protected by the police was Beverly Hills, Westwood, you know, Santa Monica, whatever. And who was left defenseless? K-Town. K-Town. Koreatown was completely ravaged by the LA riots. Korean owners, many Korean owner, uh, store owners were completely, uh, many of them, their stores that were destroyed, they never were, they were unable to recoup the cost of the damage and had to leave that industry. Um, all the years that they've spent building up that, that, that store. Um, there's a movie coming out called Gook by uh, Justin Chun. I want to see that it kind of talks about this. Now, what, what's going on here? What's going on with it? So, so back to your story, Mike. Um, this is I'm actually reading about this right now. The, uh, the what what is up with like the cheering, right? Like, well, I mean, yeah. That, I so mean, I, I think yeah. that, that sort of showed to me like I mean that there's definitely like you know some sort of I guess like what we're talking about here in Get Out is that like I think that the having him there sort of was sort of representing the same sort of. Uh, thing that everyone in the audience that cheered when the Korean store owner got killed, I think that this Asian guy in Get Out sort of represents that same tension that's still there, what, 20, 23 yeah. years later? So That's crazy, yeah. man. And what's interesting, I'm looking at the names of the people in Menace to Society. Their names are Japanese. Kyoto Lu, that's Japanese-Chinese, it sounds like. And Toshi Toda. Yeah, these guys, yeah, they're Japanese. They're actually not even Korean. But anyways, um, so uh, I, what I want to talk about, like, so Gordon, before you leave, have you ever, let me ask you this. Gordon, have you ever experienced racism? Uh, yes, and I can't really think. I mean, obviously, there's always the the white jokes, like, oh, you can't jump, or, and, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, whatever. But... No, I get it. I, I actually cannot jump. It's not. not that <laughs> so there's some truth in it. As far as straight up racism, mm, like violent, is that what you're talking about? Anything. Uh, microaggressions, overt aggressions, anything. Uh, oh, like oh, like yeah, when you walk yeah, out yeah, with your both. when you yeah go ahead. Um, I guess you can call it a microaggression, but it's just mostly just I would just classify as a very awkward racial moment. Um, I wanted, obviously, as a freshman, I wanted to take really easy classes at CSUN. Um, and I didn't have that many options as a freshman. So one of the things I was like, oh, I got to take a class. Uh, what, looks, what looks interesting? I was like, oh, Chicano studies art. I don't know what that is. But that's probably pretty easy. It was pretty easy, but... Uh, uh, my professor is a little crazy. That's a whole different story. We can talk about that later. Oh, conspiracy <laughs> and whatnot. But at one point, we had to talk in front of the class, and I don't know what I was talking about. This is freshman year. This is like four years ago. But I was saying something, and I kind of ended it. And uh, the teacher opened up the like floor to questions. And one of the first things asked after like a brief pause, everyone just kind of staring at me, looking at each other. Um, and at this point, I already I knew I was the only white kid in the class. Uh, 
everyone else was yeah, there there was one mixed like a couple girls over for me but I, I never talked to anyone in there because i was a freshman so obviously i didn't talk to anyone i was scared uh but one one of them raised their hands he's like so do you feel that you know xyz that you view this differently because of you know i was like what i'm like in my head i'm like because i'm white and she's like you know because because of, of, of you being like you know all white and stuff <laughs> and i was like oh okay uh and then i i think whatever it was it was like i i think i said like no or maybe or said something like that but when she said all white and stuff like everyone kind of like turned to her and like nodded like oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, wait, what was the, sorry, what was the exact question I, she asked? I, it was like, do you feel that certain, that whatever I was talking about, I, I don't remember what, I think it had to, must have been art related. That I feel like the impact of the art, I guess, if it, you know, touched me differently because I'm white. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I mean, that's about it. It was just a very awkward question. I kind of looked at the teacher and he didn't make eye contact. I was like, yo, help me, throw me something. (laughs) Right, right. So it's basically like asking you, oh, because you're white, you must have felt it differently was the implication. Okay, interesting. Huh. Um, All right. I mean, how about yourself, uh, Mike? I mean, growing up with mixed heritage, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I I have one sister. So. um... Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if she ever encountered much. Um, she older or she younger? Older. Um, uh-huh. That's the thing. Is like, I don't know. It's weird because... You grew up in yeah, Berkeley, I grew up in though, Berkeley, huh? and I went to an elementary school that was really pretty diverse. Like, I mean, I'm trying to... Th- I mean, there was a fair number of Asians. There was a fair number of African Americans. There was. It was a pretty good mix. Like, it wasn't like you know, 90 white people and then me. So, um, it was like, I never really encountered much like overt. I mean, every now and then, you know, someone wants to make fun of you. They're going to find whatever makes you different and they're going to make fun of you for it. But I never really felt like anytime someone made fun of me for being Asian, that it was that they really didn't like Asian people. Do you know what I'm saying? I was always to me like, Oh, you just are trying to find a reason to make fun of me because assholes, kids are assholes. And they'll find whatever that makes you different. Right, you know yeah. Um, but I did have one kid that, like, eighth grade, he was a new kid in school. And he became my friend. But he was that friend that years later, you're like, what was I thinking? That's not your friend. Um, <laughs> and his pet name for me was actually Gook and Chino. And... <sighs> Yeah, wow. and he was a real dick. Wow. He was one of those friends, like, like that was just like a dick. Like he's just a dick, and you're like, why did I hang out with that guy? So that was like kind of weird because I mean, he was a dick in other ways. He was a bully in other ways, but he was also your friend. So that was like the I least. I don't know if that's a real friend. <laughs> irritating thing he did was was call me those two words. But at the same time, it was one of those things where like I didn't really. I don't know how to say, like, I didn't really connect to that racism. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he said it, but it wasn't like yeah. it, it cut me deep. It was just more like, God, you're stupid. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but I, I don't know how to describe it. It was one of those things where, like, I knew it was messed up, but at the same time, I didn't really care because, I, I don't know, like, it, it, I didn't, 
like I, I don't know for some reason it, it didn't make me feel like I don't know describe like like I don't know maybe it was just one of those things where like you know when someone calls you uh, an asshole but you don't give a shit what they think about you you don't really get affected by it. Yeah, I right, guess. Right, right. Maybe, I, maybe it's the intention. I guess he wasn't calling you with very hurtful intentions. He's just calling that to maybe in a bully yeah, way. Yeah, but at the or, same time, he know. did other things that were hurtful and bullyish. Do you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, that was yeah, like yeah. that was like his like buddy bro type of way of talking. So it was sort of like weird. It was very, very strange. And I was just like, I know what okay, kind of friend you're talking about. It's just that one guy you're friends with. He just really likes to like stir the pot. You know, and just, yeah, yeah, and you're and you're just yeah. like you know, to go through simulations. What happens if I do this? Yeah, and then yeah, or he just like you know, he just he would like punch you in the arm, and be like, and and you'd be like, you know, basically just punch you in the arm just to like see if you'd fight back, and if you fight back, then he'd get like mad. But if you don't fight back, he calls you a pussy, and you're like, well, make up your mind. Like, <laughs> what's going on with you? Am I just like a guinea pig yeah. in your weird like little experiments? So it, it's yeah, he he was a very interesting person. So. I think he might have vulnerability issues. Maybe like, instead of like opening up emotionally, he'll like act out physically yeah. angry or something like that. Like that's I, some guys do. Yeah, that. he yeah. was a very strange character, and I yeah. think he learned all those words from like his grandfather, who was like <laughs> oh, hugely man. racist. And I was like, okay, well, all right. And the best part was oh, he was Hispanic, so I was like, okay, this is weird. Like it wasn't like just yeah. white dude being racist towards me was a Hispanic dude, so it was even more confusing, because I was like, wait, aren't we all in this together or something? I don't know. Yeah, are yeah. we all this in together? Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, it was... Yeah, but for the most part, I don't really have anyone that... I mean, again, like, the, the usual, like, you know, you have a small penis jokes, and you're like, ha, 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 ha. You know, you don't make me take my pants off, because seriously. Um, it, it, it's just... <laughs> I don't know, I mean, but those ones, you know, you, you're those are usually your friends, and you don't care, and then you say something back to them about you know, white people can't dance or can't jump or whatever. And then we're all, ha- in the end, we're all family and we all hug each other. But I've never really had, like, right. an actual person that hated my guts say anything racist to me. I also so, cannot yeah. dance. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how much Gordon, It depends stop. on how much alcohol. Yeah, Gordon, by trying to... <laughs> I know you're trying, trying to but it's... Ster- <laughs> so, yeah. might just because I'm a nerdy white. Yeah, you're. It's uh. You stop proving your stereotype. That's that's racist. (laughs) I mean, Dan, did you have anything to add to that? No, no, not really. Yeah, I I was gonna ask. Um, in your own writing, Mike, uh, do you approach race at all, or you kind of steer away from that, or you're more of a dick joke guy? Uh, yeah. Really, really quickly. I need to go, guys. Okay. What, Gordon? You heading out? Yeah, catch the movie. Okay, tell us how uh, Scar Joe does, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the next one. I will one. definitely yeah, yeah. let you know. Right, thanks okay, so much for having cool. me, on, guys. See you, man. All right, see, see ya. ya. Yeah. Um, what was the last um, question? Yeah, yeah. Do you write about? Oh, not as far really. As... Um, I don't know. I I think that's sort of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I guess for me, for yeah, for the most part, I just try to keep it light i don't really try to work morals into anything i write i think mostly just because of my own personal reaction to when i see i mean in comedy especially i feel like when people try to put morals in there 
uh, I feel like it, it's it's it weirds me out. I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, yeah, it's maybe it's it's soapboxy. Yeah, it's I sort guess, of like or... oh, I was watching a sketch show, and 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 here's the thing: is like even if I agree with what they're saying, I still feel like it's weird. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. um, like watching a. a uh, like sometimes, like when I watch Family Guy, and they and they bring up something like a major hot button issue, like like gay marriage or uh, legalizing pot, or or uh, I hate George W. Bush. Like even those things, I'm like, okay, I agree with the majority of the things that you're talking about. Um, in fact, in, in all three of those, I agree with all of the things you're saying. But at the same time, I feel like it's not yeah. the proper venue for that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like I, I, I just watched a TV show to laugh. I'm not here for your political message. If I want a political message, I'll go, you know, to CNN. Yeah, CNN, or, or I'll yeah. attend a rally or whatever. But I don't know. It's always weird because I always feel like it's weird to, to, put a a moral message in entertainment because then I almost feel like you're trying to sneak it in, and and get <laughs> someone to agree with you by 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 disguising it in a story and i'm always like yeah i don't know i'm just here to laugh you know i'm not here to like make my stance on abortion in this episode of family okay Guy. so now my challenge then to you would be what there is an article that says that all works of art tv or film or painting or whatever are political in a way now would you agree with that statement or not so much. Um, um, basically, basically, he's saying that he or she—I forget the, if the author is male or female—but he or she is saying that all, you know, regardless of the intention, but by the casting or by how it's being filmed or or by the situations, there is an inherent political message that someone can take away from it or is embedded into the story or whatever you're well, doing. I suppose. I mean, I feel like we're getting into that slippery slope where we can deconstruct the entire universe to lower the point where we're like nothing's real but um i feel like yeah i guess everything's i mean the first i mean the the way you cast it or shoot it that's that's outside of my control but i do feel like even when my friend and i are writing a story and we have characters that are being idiots i do feel like that in a way we are showing their behavior is idiotic and we're mocking it to show that you shouldn't you know what i'm saying like if we write you know a scene where we're we have like two bros and they're talking about um chicks and what they're saying is super stupid i'm not writing that because i'm like oh i totally agree with what they're saying and i think you know women are stupid or women are pieces of meat and we could all just try to bone them as much as possible i think usually what my friend and i are trying to do is show like don't they sound stupid like it, it like i feel like we're trying to more more highlight how stupid these guys sound and basically it should be one of those like don't be like them they're idiots and watch all the trouble they're about to get into because they're idiots you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i do feel like there's a little bit of that going on but i mean it's not like i feel like that is more uh basic i don't really feel like it's politicized i feel like we're just talking on basic human terms like don't don't i i guess i my main political stance is I'm anti-stupid. Like, I don't like people that are stupid. <laughs> I don't like people that are assholes. I don't like people that are mean to each other. I don't like people that try to justify yeah. their shitty behavior by, you know, trying to 
uh, use flawed logic or or some sort of you know you know hide behind social just not not social justice but, you know like uh, uh, for example like the people that are assholes because they know you won't punch them in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that take advantage of those social constructs. Like, so I guess in a way that's politic. There's some sort of moral in what we're writing, but I don't, uh, I don't think it's lofty enough to make it something that, uh, people would write a paper about or, you know, settle some sort of social debate. Don't you, what about when South Park does it? Um, I feel like uh, when South Park does it, uh, well, I guess one of the other things is if you can do it, and this is sort of my, I think I sort of mentioned this too the other day when we were talking about the Ghost in the Shell casting, I feel like you can break the rules, especially the rule I just said, which was where I don't feel like I want to get political in my stuff. I feel like you can break the rules if you if by breaking the rules you make things better right so i feel like south park usually handles the material in such a uh the the jokes are usually strong enough that it's like okay it's a little bit preachy i mean i guess that's the other thing is i also don't get they don't get namby pamby preachy in, in an after school special kind of way do you know what i'm saying they get yeah, it's more like humorous, yeah, it, I guess. They, they definitely focus on still making it funny. And they don't make it feel corny, I guess. They make it feel very like... It sounds to me less like a... Uh, like they're trying to sneak it in there as much as they're just like pissed and they just want to like vent. And for some reason, that seems more honest to me and doesn't trigger my eye roll. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you... If you get hokey and then try to stick in an after-school special version of whatever hot-button topic, then I sort of feel like, you know, taken out of it. But if you, I don't know, something about the way they do it is is much more aggressive and feels more real and genuine than. I think they 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 don't they don't they they put it on their sleeve. They're they're very upfront yeah. about it. You know, they're like they're very upfront. Like, yeah, this Mormon religion is crazy and, you know like they'll yeah they'll they'll totally like you know totally just drive it into the ground i guess i think what you're talking about is more of the manipulation of 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 the political message into the the story whereas i think soft soft park i think is successful in just wearing on its sleeve but to be honest sometimes at the sometimes i also feel like man they're really soapboxing at times too, yeah. you know like they're they're standing on their soapbox and telling me how they feel which is fine uh, but I, I guess their the the silver lining is at least they're up front. Yeah, about and also it, I, I agree. They don't they don't always get it right. Sometimes their episodes are a little bit lame. But I also think one of the other things is that the tone we're talking about is I feel like a lot of those preachier like sitcom versions where they do that, it, I feel like I'm being talked down to. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, like like I'm yeah, a, yeah, yeah. like I'm a stupid child and I can't think for myself and you need to teach me how to be to behave correctly. Whereas I feel like South Park just sounds like a, it's almost like they're including me in it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's almost like they're saying to me like, isn't this stupid? Are you with me on this? And I'm like, yes, that is stupid. 
I, I have the same thoughts. I agree with you. Whereas the other one's like, since you can't think for yourself, we're going to dumb it down for you and insert it into this, you know, into this oh, sitcom okay, episode. Yeah, yeah. Whereas South Park is a little bit more, um, they, they, they treat the audience as if they're smart enough to not have to be talked down to. Yeah. Uh, now for your own writing, do you write, um, just, just taking a, a tangent, for your own writing, do you write uh, characters of color or you just write whatever? Or Jeez. Uh, um, we definitely have been making more of a conscious effort to add more characters of color and... Is your writing partner white or a person uh, of color? He's white. He, well, he's he's half Jewish, uh -huh. so I don't know. Some people consider that not white and some people do. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not getting into that debate. You guys can duke it out however you like um yeah, i mean yeah. i think it's just sort of natural because i think so because i am a guy i think so much along a guy's point of view and a lot of my yeah. humor is from the point of view of like oh i'm a guy and this thing happened to me that was very unique to being a guy a lot of the ideas we come up with and a lot of the dialogue comes off as very guyish but um we definitely mm -hmm. you know are like okay well because, and because of that, if you, if you just kind of go on autopilot and you sort of like riff, you know what I'm saying? You're going to end up with a lot of scenes yeah. with just dudes talking about dude shit. So it is one of those things where like, trying to get laid. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like, we, we're definitely like, you know, we're like, oh shit, we need to add more girl characters. You know what I'm saying? And and one of those things where it's not just like, it, it, it's hard to do that and not feel like you're, you're, you're uh, just doing it to like appease, um, you know, the the uh, the the social uh, not on uh, like society. You know, like the expectations of society. Okay, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it is like, well, you know, there are fifty over fifty percent of the Earth's population are women. <laughs> so you you should probably <laughs> yes, add yeah. some girl characters there, and or or else you're just going to have, um, like I said, a bunch of really snarky witty dudes talking at a cafe or something about dude stuff so it, it just it's outside of our comfort zone but not because you know but mostly just because like i said you i spend 100 percent of my time being a, a guy talking about guy stuff so it's hard <laughs> to, like sometimes i have to like force myself to think outside that point of view you don't spend like fifteen percent as a woman. Yeah, not, or no? not often. I mean, sometimes <laughs> if I if I'm watching the right videos online, I might do that, but not, not too long. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, Dan, I think we're are we out of time? Almost? Yeah, we're just we're we've already gone over the hour, so we didn't get much of a chance to speak about or talk about the martial arts and Iron Fist. Oh, damn it. Um, can we talk about that real yeah, quick? Sure. Or, I mean, or you, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you guys are game, I'm, I'm fine with talking about it. I'm game. Yeah, so, okay. So, the drunken scene, the drunken fighting scene between Louis Tan uh, and Iron Fist guy. So, I watched it. And, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. Okay, uh, Danny Rand, played by, uh, what's his name? Finn Jones. His movements, okay, he's athletic, I guess, but... I don't know. Just something was, you know, when you watch like, just like you watch something, it feels a little bit off, you know, like 
Whereas when I'm watching Lewis Tan and I'm seeing, okay, this guy has had some train, like some maybe years of training or something. I'm looking at Finn Jones a little bit and I'm like, it looks okay, but just something is, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. What do you guys think? There's something a little bit off. Yeah. You want to go first, Dan? No, you can't. Please, um, as Oh, well, I mean... So, so how long have you been training, um, uh, Mike? Oh, since I was 16, but I've been pretty on and off about it. So, I mean, when I was very... When I was in my teens, I was very, very much more into it, and I watched, you know, every single Jackie Chan and Jet Li movie I could get my hands on. Are you talking about Choi LaFoot or uh, Kung Choi Fu, Fu or yeah, which yeah. styles? I just mostly did Choi LaFoot. Okay, we great, bit, okay. We, we did tai, at our school, we did Tai Chi and Choi LaFoot, so when you got to a certain level okay. in one, you had to start doing a little bit of the other just to um round yourself out um yeah yeah i mean that lewis tan fight i mean my friend tagged me in it because he was so excited for me to watch it and then i like scrubbed my way through episode eight just to watch that scene and i don't know i mean i guess i i was not blown away but at the same time my friend was like dude that was like one of the best scenes in the entire series and i was like oh god well i'm not watching the rest of the series then because I, <laughs> I don't know if i could handle it i mean he he was definitely everything definitely felt like a 1980s fight scene. You know what I'm saying? With like there was like too much like punch, po- pose, punch, pose, and there like the pacing was just so lethargic that I was like that I forced my friend to watch Drunken Master Two with me, just because I was oh my just goodness. because I was like if you want to see Drunken Boxing, let's watch an actual movie. Freaking Jackie yeah. Chan, like he, I think he invented that yeah. style just for that Basically. movie. It's so fluid, and also the camera work is like they hold on him, so he's not yeah. faking it. Like they hold on him, they don't cut. Like you see him actually do the full movement of him bending all the way down to the ground and coming back up. It's yeah, ridiculous. and all that, like he threw Whereas, like he yeah. threw more punches in that entire like Iron Fist scene in like one exchange with one guy like in like two seconds i was like okay that's like easily half the fight that that just happened on this other thing in five minutes so yeah uh, it was, yeah yeah dan yeah i what do you think i didn't like it actually i mean you could tell that lewis tan had some training but he was not flexible enough to be a drunken fist or a drunken fighter a yeah. fighting drunken fist. It just something was completely off. Um, the pain was off. I mean, everything in Iron Fist looks like something from the 1980s. I agree. It looks like black belt here, where everything is like punch and block, punch, block. Is you could probably much set it to a metronome and it'll just be like punch, block, punch, block, punch, block. The whole series is like that. And I didn't. Whatever form he's doing, it makes me cringe. And yeah, if if you ever get a if you're if you want to suffer through it, you can scrub through like the one of the first two episodes. Does like a leprist, and his hands and his fingers are completely loose. So if you really punch someone with that fist, he'd break he'd his break hand. his hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Yeah. Even small little details like that, they couldn't even get right. So, uh, it's just, it's, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm really, good. I was really in it to watch the martial arts, but I wish the choreographers would have picked the style. They said, oh, he will fight like a Shaolin style, like Northern Shaolin or something, but they just mixed everything. 
I felt like there was more legitimate yeah. martial arts in the Daredevil fight scenes than um, yeah. Iron Fist, to be quite honest. Sadly. I still I still need to hear I heard good things about Daredevil but like just constantly just not so good things about about uh, Iron Fist and yeah I mean if that's the best fight sequence in the series then yeah, yeah. we have um we've got some issues as far as martial arts and just uh, just the pacing and editing of it too was just I, I I was trying to get into it and then all of a sudden oh wait cut away you know like come on I want to like actually see the fight you know um yeah um it's because the drunken he can't fight that's why they have to do the cuts yeah yeah maybe dan you should you should go on being consult a consultant for next season if they get renewed or something i don't know (laughs) i would love to do that because whatever they did was just horrible they just have to pick a style yeah they really need to do is just pick a style for for the for Iron Fist, the main character, yeah, that's right, yeah. Because him doing like internal Tai Chi, you know, like two movements, and then everything else is external. It doesn't make any sense. He's like doing Tiger Staff here, Leopard Fist here. You know, he got he has to choose something. Is that right? Yeah, because it all because it looks kind of like a, a a bad mashup, I guess. You know, I mean, uh, all right, I think. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because like for Iron Fist, I mean, it was the the series was originally born. I was reading up on some the history by uh, Iron Fist. It was born, I guess, out of like the seventies, eighty. I guess 70s. they had the whole martial arts craze, like kung fu fighting. You know, everyone's kung fu fighting, right? So that character was kind of born out of like, oh, we should have a kung fu fighting uh, character, and they created Dan Danny Rand's character. And, um, I mean, do you guys think that he should have been Asian-American? Or it could have been any character, just make sure you get their martial arts right. What do you guys think? Because originally the character is is white. Uh, Number two, probably. I mean, I wouldn't care who they cast as long as the, the fight scenes were good. Um, I mean, there's uh, something to be said about the uh, fish-out-of-water angle, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people are saying, like, oh, you made it so that it seemed like a white guy is better at martial arts than all the Asian guys. And it's like, well... I think that that to me, um, it it just seems sort of like more a little bit more compelling that there was a, you know, a guy who doesn't fit in was like, oh, I'm over, coming up with all these over obstacles. I mean, I think that's sort of what the appealing thing a bit is about sort of Doctor Strange is the same thing is that he's like this doctor who's so logical and yet he needs to like master the mystic arts. It's sort of more of a challenge and more of a. Uh, uh, a larger character arc for him to grow through as opposed to like being like, Oh, you know, I, I'm an Asian guy. I mean, I guess it's stereotypical, but like I'm an Asian guy that was raised around martial artists and I'm really good at martial arts. It's kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, I, that makes more sense, but it's not nearly as compelling to, to have someone that's like, well, of course you're really good. You you were born in, you know, in a temple, like you should be really good. So I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that's problematic, because there's plenty of Asian Americans who are completely don't know anything about martial arts. So you could have a Danny Rand character grew up in New York, and all of a sudden his plane crashes, and he doesn't know anything about martial oh. arts, and he's thrust into this martial yeah, arts I world. Yeah, I can like that. I, I so can, I can see that angle working too. I like that actually too. 
So yeah, but I mean, I think because, yeah, but I think fish out of water yeah. could have worked for anything. So I, I I don't feel like yeah, like I said, I feel like just having a guy be really really good at martial arts. I don't care what race he is, to be quite honest. I mean, uh, if the martial arts was good, I would yeah. watch it. I would I would still be a little hurt that he's white, just because you know we don't get that yeah. many. We don't get that many opportunities, right? So it would have been cool if he was Asian. But if the martial arts was like dope, yeah. then dude, you you got me. But yeah, that that scene, something's off. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, Dan, you yeah. have any yeah last words on that or yeah? Well, I just the whole series is lacking consistency, right? They're just mashing up everything together. Like they they just didn't have a clear idea of what they wanted. So if they were consistent about the martial arts. And they were consistent about what the character is going to be like. Because he comes off as like this very serene monk-like guy that came out from the temple or whatever. But if you watch all the episodes, he, he's basically a whiny-ass bitch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I saw that in the drunken fight scene. Like, he gets really angry. And then all of a sudden, Colleen Wing, the the, the Asian-American uh, character, says stop, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Or Rosario, Rosario Dawson has to stop him, and yeah, yeah it's, um, I mean, what do you think of the Asian girl? I mean, the or I guess she's mixed of mixed heritage too. But what do you think of her character? Is her martial arts good at all, or not really? I mean, look, the whole thing about consistency even applies to her, <laughs> right? Oh she no! She says I teach karate. She says I teach karate. Okay, if you teach karate and you're Asian descent. I don't know if you actually pronounce it karate like that. And the biggest thing that I had with her whole story arc was it, well, not story arc, but with her mom, she teaches karate, but she had a Wing Chun in her studio. Oh, gosh. Ugh. It's kind of like that whole thing about lumping all Asians together. It's like, all it's like arts or karate. people do that with martial yeah. arts. Yeah, they lump all martial arts together, which is, yeah. Anyways, um, okay, so we should wrap it up. Um, why don't we do a martial arts minutes as a wrap up? It, or or Dan, do you want to do language or would you? Oh, have, actually, would you have because, uh, planned? Uh, I have some other things to, to take care of though. <laughs> So we could do a really quick you have to drop out really quick. Okay, okay. For me, um, one thing I was learning, I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, one thing that I've learned is that, okay, that when you're in like a guard or if you're in, if you're doing Jiu-Jitsu or something, there's a concept of two arms in, two arms out. The reason being is that if you have one arm closer to your opponent, um, when you're in, on the ground rolling around or whatever, that's much more susceptible to an arm bar or uh, Americana or Kimura or any of those one-arm submissions. If you have two arms in, it's harder for the, your opponent to submit you. Um, so you could you should uh, either two arms in or two arms out, and so that the other person can't like grab one of your your appendages or one of your arms to like to break it off or whatever. So that's my my martial arts minute tip. Yeah. Uh, Mike or Dan? Oh, I'm out of my element point. here. It's been too long. <laughs> okay. So mine is is all about the form. You really got to work on it. Um, know how to punch. What knuckles you're punching with. Where you're punching. What, tar what are your target areas. 
Because if you don't know how to hold a fist, and if you don't know which knuckles you're punching with, you should really go learn. Because you're going to really screw up your hand if you punch someone incorrectly. And that's it. Correct, yeah. That's good, yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, do you you land on the middle knuckles, or where do you where do you land with your knuckles, the, Dan? Uh, if I'm using a straight fist, it would be the first two knuckles, the two biggest knuckles. The top two, right? Yeah. Yep. Middle and index, yeah. Middle and index finger. Yep. Uh, cool. Mike, do you have anything, or do you remember anything from your Chola foot oh, training? Jeez. Keep your shoulder down. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> There's so much tension in your shoulders. Yeah. That's for any art. Well, like, especially yeah, yeah. if you get a lot of guy like guys that who have a traditional idea of strength, it, it, that strength equals tension, or equals flexing. Oh God! Then you get a lot of yeah, you get yeah. a lot of guys whose punch doesn't go past their shoulder because they uh, so yeah, too tight. They, they they gum up the works by by bringing their shoulder up, and you're like, okay, I guess you can do that. But um, yeah, so. Awesome. Cool. Well, Mike, thank you so much for no being problem. our guest. Um, we got a long episode today. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Mike Newman, yep. for being our guest. Yay! Yeah, thank you very much. And that then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, Dan, I guess you got to yep. head out. So, All right. So thanks, we're going to sign off. This is James, a.k.a. Uh, Young, signing this off. This is Dan, a.k.a. Yin, signing off. This and is Michael Mike. Newman. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See ya. Thanks so yeah. much. All right. Relationships getting you down And in your